What's going on, everybody? It's Cooper and James, and we are from the back pens. It's a Monday night. North Dakota has had some interesting weather. How's the weather been down down your way, James, down there in Arkansas? It's been pretty windy, but pretty nice in the 70s and 60s. And, and uh, y'all, I'm, I'm glad I live down in Arkansas. Y'all live up there because my body does not like the cold, my friend. So it kind of depended where you were. Like where I live, it was pretty nice over the weekend. There was like tornado warnings and stuff like that. But where I was at over the weekend, we had a blizzard and we lost power. So, uh, yeah, you're really getting the best of both worlds up here. You know, it's late enough in April. We're not, you know, we get snow once in a while, but it's not pleasant. That's for sure. So enough about that. It was a pretty good weekend. Uh, the PBR tour, they had a velocity tour event and then they had their UTB in Nampa, Idaho. There's only one event left, so it's crunch time for these guys that are trying to win a world title or trying to qualify for the world finals. You know, there's not a lot of time left, not a lot of bulls left, but we got a lot to talk about. So we'll quit messing around. Grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pins. To kick things off, we'll talk about the Velocity Tour. They had an event in Wichita, Kansas over the weekend. It was on Saturday night. And the Canadian Griffin Smeltzer wins it 172 and a half on two head. He earns 38 world points. This is a guy I don't know a ton about, but obviously you can ride a little bit if you're going to win a Velocity Tour event, huh, James? Oh, yeah. And and I'd seen this kid a lot. And I, I watch a lot of the Velocity Tour events just to prepare myself for the the rank ride fantasy stuff because you know those guys are coming eventually to the utv so you better be familiar with how they ride and which bulls you think will fit them etc yeah it's it's never a bad thing to be prepared when you get new guys on tour no doubt about it i just haven't had a lot of time to watch velocity tour this year unfortunately but you're always going to see some guys that you can see the talent, and if you know what you're looking for, two, three years down the road, they're going to be marquee names on the UTB tour. That is, you know, no doubt about that. The Velocity Tour has one event left before their finals down in Corpus Christi, and that's going to be this weekend in Grand Forks, North Dakota, not too far from my house. Um, I believe it's just a one-day event, and that'll be the last shot for guys to get qualified up for those finals. So. It's crunch time for everybody right now. There's not a lot of time left. They've got to make every bull count right now. And speaking of making every bull count, there were some guys that did that this past weekend in Nampa, Idaho, James. What did you think overall of the event in Nampa? I thought some guys rode really, really well to where you went. It's about time. And then I thought some guys uh, really, really let some bulls get away from them that they shouldn't have. That happens to everybody. It's bull riding, not basket weaving. There's no guarantees, but I really feel like there were a couple of matchups that really the guys just let get away from them. They need to go either back to the velocity tour or go to the practice pen or something and fix whatever the issue is and go back to it because obviously they're talented enough to ride those bulls. And no, they're not supposed to ride every bull they get on, but there's Certain ones that I call the layups or as close to a layup as you're going to get on that tour. And if you can't ride those particular ones, then maybe it's time to go back down to the velocity tour or at the very least go to the practice pen and 
get your confidence where it needs to be. So let's start off with Nampa with the 15-15 bucking battle. There's a tie for, for first place, it looks like. Luciano De Castro was 90 and a half, and so was Eli Vassbinder. Eli had a bull that I didn't know a ton about, and he put it all over him. 90 and a half, the bull score is only 43 and a half. So Eli got marked quite a bit above above the bull on that deal. And Luciano rode homebrew from the pages for 90 and a half. I believe he took a dirt nap after that deal too, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, James? I had heard that, but I did not did not catch the broadcast of the 1515, so I can't speak on it exactly, but that's what they had said in the broadcast on CBS Sports Network on Sunday night. They'd said they're glad to see him back this soon after the nap that he took in the arena, so I'm assuming it was pretty gnarly. And they both earned 54 world points for their efforts, and the only other guy to get one road in the 1515 was Dalton Castle. Dalton had Manaba of the pages as well, and he was 88 and a quarter. And uh, Dalton, I thought, had a pretty good weekend overall. We'll get into more about that later as we keep talking about it. But his pick in the short round really showed me where his head's at. He's definitely feeling himself, no doubt about it. Oh, definitely. And that's going to be one of those sleepers. And if Eli Vassfinder heats up a little more and gets his confidence rolling, that could be a sleeper in there for a world title speaking ahead to the world finals but uh i'm gonna start calling dalton castle mr 1515 especially if he wins this week's yeah speaking of that it sounds like they're gonna have one in billings so that's gonna be a long weekend on them guys but they're if they're not gonna ride at the velocity finals they'll have a week off well it end up being about two weeks really if they don't ride at the velocity finals off before the world finals start but that event in Billings with a three-day event with a 15-15, those top-end guys got an opportunity to get a lot of points there. So I think you're going to see some guys rise to the occasion, no doubt about it. But your event winner from Nampa, Ramon De Lima, 264 and a quarter on three head and Ramon earned 138 world points. Uh, that's a pretty good weekend for Ramon. And from the way it looked, he got on bulls that fit him. Ramon's definitely a guy that, tends to favor bulls that go into his hand. He doesn't generally do real well on stuff that goes away from his hand. And he drew good in the long rounds. He made a count, and then he picked one that fit him in the short round. What would you think of Ramon's weekend, James? Well, I knew he would get by Bubba G, but he's just not as consistent. He's typically what I would refer to as one of the lower-tier riders on the tour. Yeah, he's good enough to be there, but he's not – consistent enough to be in the running for a world title at least this year i'm not saying he doesn't have the ability to because everybody does but it's awesome to see him you know come back from injuries and go to the velocity tour and then have some success there and then finally parlay that to the unleash the beast tour and i guess punches take it to the world finals is what it looks like virtue of that win yeah, I would say that pretty much guarantees his spot in, in the world finals. In fact, he might have even climbed up close to that top 15. It's tough to say without looking at the standings. We'll get into that a little bit, little bit later. But you could see Ramon in that bucking battle this weekend. Coming in in second place, Colton Fritzland, 241 and a half on three head. There's only two guys to go three for three this weekend. Fritzland earned 80 and a half world points. This is a guy who's been out with injury. He's a younger guy, but man, is he talented. This guy 
is really, really good. And if he can stay healthy, this is a guy that can contend for a world title, in my opinion. He picked Bucking for cash in the short round, and it wasn't the Bulls' best day. They marked him 85 and three quarters, but really solid performance for from a guy who really hasn't been around all that much this year. What do you think, James? That was, when I referred to, I seen some guys fall off once they shouldn't, and some guys that it's about time. When I said it was about time, I was referring to Colton Frischland. I'd seen him ride at Houston, and then he got back on tour, and it took him a while to kind of get his feet under him because he hadn't been getting on that caliber of bull consistently because of his, I guess it was a shoulder injury, if memory serves me correct, that took him out. And uh, good to see him getting the train back on the tracks, and and, uh, he'll probably be in uh, Billings. He'll probably have some success there because I got to imagine that a lot of guys are going to have some success in Billings, that being that this is the last event of the regular season and a lot of the top-end bulls that are already slated for the world finals are on the shelf, like maybe 80 or 90 or so, and uh, the rest of them are, are battling for their spots just like the guys are. Yeah, looking ahead to Billings, that's always kind of hard to predict what kind of bullpen they're going to have there. You know, normally it's it's in the spring. It's about this time of year every year. But normally, obviously, you're not this close to the world finals. Um, I'm going to assume you're going to see a lot of the same bulls that were in Nampa. Like, I would expect most of Chad's pen to be about the same. I believe when I talk to them guys out in Washington... They have the same bulls out on the road right now as they did at those two events in Washington, and they weren't planning on coming back home until after Billings just because it's no use hauling them back and forth like that. So it's really hard to say what they're going to have in Billings. I mean, I'm not sure if you're going to see any any Canadian guys there or not, but there generally is some Canadian guys in, in Billings. So it's really tough to say. You don't know if... You might see a world title contending type bull there to try to get his average up and get in that race. It's really hard to know what they're going to have for bulls and billings as of right now until the draw is released. But moving on to more results from Nampa, Kaike Pacheco comes in third, 176 and a half on two head, 81 world points earned, and just another solid weekend from Kaike. He comes into the short round in the lead. He picks Pookie Holler, a bull that... He's had some success on. He's ridden him this year, and the bull had an outstanding day, 46 and a half from that bull. That's definitely going to help him in the bull of the year race. James, what did you think of the Iceman? I know you've been on this guy lately. What did you think about his performance in Nampa? Again, it was one of those situations where you were talking about Dalton Castle earlier. There's easier bulls to pick to just get a score when that's all you need to do coming in coming in the number one spot, but I don't know that he was the rankest bull there, obviously by numbers, but I don't know that he he was the rankest, hardest one to ride just in general, but I do know the effort was there. It was over six seconds, near, near seven second range, six and a half, something like that, and they, they were both swinging for the fences, and we were about to go 95, 96 points, I feel like, but it just didn't work out. And that's the way it goes. Uh, nothing will phase Kaiki. He looked healthy coming off. So we're going to roll into Billings and then probably Corpus Christi after that because he's a world champion. So he'll automatically get an invite. 
depending on how they break up buildings. I had heard a rumor that they're going to have 50 guys again. And so I'm thinking that it might be like Albuquerque, but I hope not. Yeah, I guess I don't know. And that's a, that's something that we aren't going to know until the PBR really releases the draw. They're not in a hurry to release that stuff. So I wouldn't be shocked if they do expand the format a little bit. It would be, you know, just to give those guys a little bit of a break instead of having to get on, you know, four bulls, five bulls to win the event. If you're in the 15-15, if they split that format up, it brings it down to four. So, I mean, it takes one less bull away, a little bit easier on the guys. So I could see where they would go that route for sure. Coming in in fourth place in Nampa, Lucas Davino, 174 on two head. He earns 51 world points. Really solid weekend from Lucas. And he's kind of an under-the-radar guy. In my opinion, he doesn't get the headlines that some of the other guys get, but he's definitely really solid. He had a really solid weekend. Don't you agree? Yeah, he sure did. And I don't know if you've seen it, but I did. He rode Juju in the shape and chip around. He just slapped him. You know, his confidence has got to be high coming into Billings. Yes, I did see that. He had Juju in the short round and he was making a good ride. Like you said, he just slapped him. Right, It was right in the beginning of the ride too, if I remember right. But still sat up, finished him. And that's good for a guy's confidence. Yeah, he didn't get the result he wanted, but it shows you that his head's in the game to go out there and finish that bull ride. There's a lot of guys that would have just taken the opportunity to get off at that point. So shout out to Lucas Savino, really solid weekend. And I expect him to continue that success in Billings next weekend and rounding out your top five, Dalton Castle. Now this is a guy that I was pretty impressed with over the weekend. You know, he did only ride one bull in the actual competition. You know, he rode that 15, 15 bull. He uh, finished in fifth place with 91 and a half points. He earned 46 world points. But what impressed me the most is he makes a really good ride in the long round on Saturday. And he had a pretty good pick. He had the fifth pick in the draft. And he goes out there and picks Liston. I'm not sure what made him want to pick that bull. That bull is one that guys really tend to not get along with. And he stepped up there and picked him. And that, that tells me that Dalton's really feeling good about his riding right now. And he's a guy that could be really dangerous if he's feeling that confident. What do you think, James? I can tell you exactly why he picked that bull. Because I think he might be one of very few in the in the locker room that honestly actually believes with his whole heart that he can ride that bull. And he gave it all he had. But that bull is just a very underrated, very undermarked bull, in my opinion. And he's just a, a handful, hard to get by. I've never actually seen him ridden myself. Have you, Coop? He's been ridden, but I can't remember the last time. He hasn't been ridden this year. And you don't make a six-time world champion in Sage Kimsey, or excuse me, seven-time world champion in Sage Kimsey look look like a rookie very often. And he did that at the American qualifiers in Fort Worth. And that that stands out to me every time I think about that bull is how easily he dispatched one of the best bull riders we've ever seen regardless of the association what stands out to me about that bull besides the fact that he bucked off sage like you said is that bull plays the game and when i say that when you walk by him in a pen like he's gonna let you know that he's a bad cat i mean he plays the head games with these guys that's generally why he's picked 11th 12th in a bull draft 
He's a big, strong bull. He's got a lot of power and he plays the game. He's mean. He's the whole package. That's one that I thought could have had a chance going into this year to get up in that bull of the year race. Unfortunately, he's had some not so great outs over the year, but to me, sometimes he doesn't get marked what he deserves just because optically he doesn't look like he's necessarily all that hard to ride to say that with a grain of salt. They're all these bulls are hard to ride, but optically he doesn't look the same as Whoopa. You know, it doesn't look as flashy a lot of the time, but this bull is big, strong, and he means it. When you put your rope on him, you better have your hammer cock because he's gonna he's gonna bring it when that gate opens. Oh yeah, he's definitely a handful and definitely a throwback to the good old days. Just one of those forget the form and get the horn kind of thing if you can. So that'll about wrap up our talk for Nampa. We'll just go over briefly the world standings. There wasn't a ton of changes. The top four pretty much remains the same. It's still JRV up at the top. You know, realistically, that gap is getting a little little wider between J, uh, Jose Vitor Leme in the top three. Kaike is sitting in third. He's about 120 and a half points behind JRV. Yeah, and Dalen's sitting up there in second. He's about 89 points behind JRV. This is still anybody's ball game, folks. This is going to be a battle till the last day of the world finals. I mean, realistically, there's still a bunch of guys mathematically that have a chance. And there are some dark horses that I think could definitely get up into the, the top three to four by the time the world finals starts. So I'm excited to see how this race plays out. No doubt about it. And they say every year, this is the best race ever. This is the best race ever. But, you know, with the shortened season and everything like that, I'm, I really do think this will come down to the last bull in the championship round on, on Sunday or whatever day of the week they decide to end this thing in Fort Worth. It's usually a Sunday, so we'll call it a Sunday until verified otherwise. Actually, they said that in an article, like the top 17 logistically had a chance just because of the extra two rounds. There's eight rounds this year instead of six. And so you got to play that into a factor, but that also helps the guys like JRV and Jose Vitor Lime and Kaiki Pacheco and also Dalen Swearingen. There's also drafts in the finals. So there's a lot of things that can happen that has to go a guy's way, whether you're JRV all the way down to the last guy that's got a chance. Everything's got to fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to see how that all shakes out in Fort Worth. And moving forward, it'll be interesting to see who rides at the velocity finals, who doesn't. There's a lot of, lot of bull riding left, no doubt about it. But let's just touch on this bull of the year race real quick. The top four have stayed the same. Pookie Holler actually raised his world average with that 46 and a half point out. He's now only half a point behind Whoopa, and he's less than that behind riding solo. So he's sitting in third. If either one of those two bulls falters down in Fort Worth and Pookie Holler has a day like he had on Saturday night, do not count this one out. This is still... This is still a race with these bulls. I would say realistically, the top four still have a chance, depending on if what Whoopa and Riding Solo do at the finals. If they're they put up two good outs there, it's gonna be tough to catch them. But if either one of them falters, those bulls sitting in third and fourth can definitely make up some ground. Coop, with that said, I guess we should move on to our rank ride fantasy portion of this podcast. 
Rank Ride Fantasy Bull Riding is free to play in 2022. Make your picks for PBR riders and bulls and get in on the action. The year-end champion will receive a VIP trip for two to PBR World Finals in Fort Worth, Texas and a custom Rank Ride bragging rights buckle. Follow Rank Ride Facebook and keep up with great giveaways on the Rank Ride Fantasy Instagram page. Rank Ride Fantasy, your connection to the Western lifestyle you love. Sign up to play free at rankridefantasy.com. You can find more about Rank Ride Fantasy at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. James, what are some things you're taking away from Nampa, Idaho and going to use next week for the Billings, Montana event? Well, it just depends on the format. If it's a format like Albuquerque, I may just have to throw my hands up and play the guessing game. And I hate to do that because I'm in the year-end championship race. The leader may have put it out of reach for me, though. I I don't know the point spread. As far as that goes at this point, and I don't really care. All I can do is my best, and the chips fall where they may. But as far as my strategy goes, it just depends. If they have a normal three-day event with a 15-15, then, you know, I have some sort of an idea of what guys I may pick and uh, what guys I may not. But being in the top three, I'm just looking for scores and as many of them as possible at this point. Yeah. You're honestly in a position you kind of got to go for broke. I mean, I can't get there, so I'm going to pretty much play it like I always do, but you're in a position where you've got somewhat of a shot. You're pretty much going to have to go for broke. You know, it's tough to say, tell me, know the format. If it's a normal deal, I'm guessing we'll know the first two bulls they get on. Probably if it is an expanded format, it's going to be really tough. Like I said, just tough to really get a big game plan going until you know that format. Um, just based on how guys are riding, though, I mean, there's a lot of good guys to pick. Really, in my opinion, Tier 1, there's not really a bad guy to pick right now. They're all riding pretty good, and they all have their positives and negatives. So for me, it's going to come down to what bulls they draw. I mean, if you think about it in probability standpoint... A guy that out of tier one that's probably due for a good weekend is Dalen Swearingen, in my opinion. Just because he's had a rough little stretch here, he hasn't been doing super hot the last month. And I think Dalen needs to get the train back on the tracks before the finals down there in Fort Worth. I agree with that, but I also think Dalton Castles do more than just a 15-15 bucking battle win. I feel like as well. Eli Vassfinder's coming on. He moved up to the top 10 in the world standings last week. So, you know, depending on what he draws, that might be a guy that you go with. And for those that don't know, I'll let you all in on a little secret. For those that have just now started to play, like Bubba G was out twice, you get two bull scores. So if you know a bull's going to be out twice for sure, you know, even if you get a bull that can score way up there in the 45, 47 range. That's only that's usually only a one-out deal. But if you can get two 43s, that's going to beat a, a 47 any day of the week. So anybody that hasn't played that much and hadn't really thought about it, there's your tip. Yeah, two bull scores out of any bull is going to help you out. The tricky part about that is, especially at two-day events, it's pretty hard to know. You're really just taking an educated guess. 
But when you look at short round type bulls, generally they're not going to go twice. There's a few exceptions out there where they will, but generally the really high end bulls are only going to go once in a weekend. But a three day event like that, there's going to be a lot of bulls that are going to get used twice in long round situations. And you could see that lower end of short round bulls go twice. It really just depends on what the contractor thinks is best for that bull. I mean, with ranked ride coming down to the end of the season, I'm just going for an event win. I can't win the year in. So it's just really going to depend on the draw for me. I think there's guys that are riding well, and I'm going to probably stay with those guys. The trickiest part I'm running into is when you get down to tier three, it's really tough right now. It's just hard to really get a game plan. Like I think Ramon DeLima was in, in tier three last week, but it's so tough for me to pick a guy that I think literally has no chance to ride a bull going away from his hand. That's just my opinion. And he might do it this weekend or whatever, but Ramon DeLima, guys like that, I just can't bring myself to pick them. I agree. I picked a guy that I wouldn't normally pick just based on his draw because I feel like everybody there on the Unleash the Beast series should ride that Dragon Up bull. He's got all the talent, all the timing in the world, and everybody there has all the talent in the world or they wouldn't be there. I'm not going to harp on the guy too hard that got on him. I'm not even going to mention his name because, you know, he may be injured or something and, and just dealing with some injuries. I know that he, he was supposed to be out a lot longer, I think, originally than what he actually was. So I think injuries may have had a lot more to play into that factor than just riding ability. And I'll go ahead and say it. For those that don't know and hadn't watched it, it was Wyatt Rogers. And you don't win two or three velocity tour events and not have the talent to win or, or place consistently on the UTB level. So I'm not going to harp on him too hard, but I picked him because I really felt like he had a really, really solid chance of riding both of his bulls and making the championship round. And that's what I was looking for with bull score or just scores in general, bull scores and rider scores, because that's how you win. Yeah. It's tough when guys don't ride ones that you expect them to, but at the end of the day, that's, that's the name of the game. That's bull riding. And that happens in every sport. You know, even superstar football players are going to have dud games once in a while. It's just really part of the deal. It's unfortunate. Like you said, when you see a bull like that, guys tend to have a lot of success on them. It doesn't really matter if they're left or right-handed. Just didn't work out for Wyatt uh, this past weekend. And that happens. But yeah, there's not, not a lot of time left in the rank ride season. You're talking one event. I mean, it's time to go for broke going to try to go win a hundred bucks this weekend. And that's all anybody really can do. Make your best educated guesses and just roll with it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all the game is. You can think, you know, everything there is to know about it, but at the end of the day, really luck is what it comes down to. So I'm not going to get too crazy worried about it until I see what the draw is. And I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. Even at that, Coop, uh, one of my last points that I'll make is like, even if you legitimately were a stock contractor or, or somebody like Justin McBride or Craig Hummer, or somebody like that, that legitimately is supposed to know everything there is to know about this sport, you can still say, yeah, this guy's got, you know, a 95% chance or a hundred percent chance in my mind of riding this bull. And he could still go out there and buck off. And that to me is what makes 
this particular fantasy game more fun than any other one there is. And what attracts me the most to bull riding other than the danger is there's no guarantees that anybody's going to ride any bull. There's no guarantees that anybody's going to live or die for that matter. If I'm being bluntly honest, they've learned to break that down and to throw that stuff out of their mind and just let their training take over and shut their brain off. Yeah. The mental side of the sport is the most important side of it. There's physical requirements, no doubt about it, but at the end of the day, what separates them when they get up here is, is the mental side of the game. You know, why is Jose able to do things that other guys can't? Yes, he is really talented, but also he's probably the most dedicated guy on tour right now. If he's not the most, he's definitely one of the most. The guy is a two-time back-to-back world champ, and you still see videos of him almost weekly in the practice pen. I mean, the guy the guy puts in the time and the results show, and that's what really separates these guys at this level. Yes, they're all really talented, but you really start to see the levels of the mental game when you look down the standings, in my opinion. The, to me, that plays a huge factor in where a guy finishes, no doubt about it. But do you have any closing thoughts, James, before we get out of here? Oh, well, absolutely. You know, I'm just grateful to be kicking still and improving day by day. So everybody out there listening, thank you all for the prayers and the buying t-shirts and everybody in the rodeo industry that's come together and raffled off some bucking bulls and all that. Thank you all so much. There's so many people I could thank, but I don't have enough time to thank everybody. You know who you are. You know that I love you and I appreciate it. And I love each and every one of you that are listening to our podcast. Feel free to hop on our Facebook page or our Instagram page and, you know, rate us and leave some feedback and let us know how we can improve each segment, not just the entire show, but each segment. How can we help the other rank ride players want to listen to this so that they can get better at it and earn more money themselves and and tell their friends to play and and help it grow but how can we also help the sport grow on top of that by getting more and more people to listen to our podcast who may have not ever heard of bull riding until they just stumbled onto this because maybe they know cooper but they don't know anything about bull riding or maybe they're in the truck with somebody that listens to our podcast you know little simple things like that but i won't keep you all much longer just Remember that every day is a gift from God and what you do with it quite simply and honestly, that's your gift back to him. God bless Coop. The floor is yours, buddy. Heck yeah, man. Thanks, James. I agree with everything you said. You know, we're always open to feedback. Let us know what we can do better to make this as good as it can be for all you guys that listen. We appreciate everybody who tunes in, even if it's not every week. We appreciate you, no doubt about it. And let us know what we can do to try to make this better for everybody. But other than that, you can find us at From the Backpens on Instagram, From the Backpens on Facebook, From the Backpens on YouTube. And my email is Cooper, C O P E R, from the backpens at gmail.com. You can find out more about Rank Ride Fantasy at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. It's definitely going to be an interesting end of the season. And as we get closer to the world finals and the, and the team draft, we'll definitely do some stuff 
to cover that. And we'll probably do a little bit on the velocity tour finals as well. Once we see who's going to ride in it and who's not, because that will play a factor in the world title race, no doubt about it. So it's going to be a really exciting month of, of May here for the PBR and the, and the fans. There's going to be a lot of bull riding to be had in May. And there's, there's going to be a lot of big time moments, no doubt about it. I think it's going to be cool that the world finals is going back to two weekends. They used to do that a lot back in the 2000s. And it's something that I really enjoy. It's more action for the fans. It gives the guys more opportunity to close that gap for the world title race and the rookie of the year race and the bull of the year race. It's all going to play a big factor. It's going to be an exciting month, no doubt about it. But until next time, you guys have a good one and come back and visit us again from the back pens. 